Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, well, it's the first Friday of the month. And you know what that means. Yep, Dr. Alessandra Duke is stopping by the show today. So we'll check in with her and Sunny on where both of their travels have taken them. And now we welcome your hosts for the day, Sunny Joy McMillan and Dr. Alessandra Duke. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. It is the first Friday of the month. means you've got one co-host here, Sunny Joy McMillan, and I'm joined by... Dr. Alessandra Duke. Hi. Hi. And of course, I love that Benny's got the on the road again music queued up. Very appropriate. And um, yeah, as as I was telling Benny and Alessandra before we went live, of course, I'm still, we are still at the KOA in Petaluma. And I'll explain more about why that is um, when we get the show started. But um, we are still on the same internet that we had last week, which is a little spotty. So I'm, you know, if we need to take a break and reconnect um, to get a clear connection, we can definitely do that. Right. Benny, or, I see you nodding. Or because Dr. Alessandra, uh, you know, she's got a gift of gab as well. She can just take over. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah, she is called the other host what? for a reason. That's right. That's right. <laughs> The other uh, plan yeah. is yeah. Alessandra takes over right. when you disappear. Right. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, Benny, do you want to try? Do you want to do that now and have me reconnect on my phone, if you or want, do you want? Sure, shall we go ahead really and dive care. on into the show? Let's just dive right in. It doesn't huh? really matter. It just dive right on. And oh man, she can't hear me already. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I think no. I should let her try on her phone. <laughs> All right. Yes, yeah, Sunny. Let's do that. Doctor Duke and I. We will take care of it. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'll be back in a few minutes. You all have fun. <laughs> this is not an April. <laughs> this is not a post April Fool's joke. Either, this is but... not an, a post April Fool's joke. Okay. So, but Benny, here we are yeah. today. Uh -huh. You and me. Yeah, me and you. And so we'll just start um, with our check-in because we love to know what's going on with you. Mm -hmm. So. Tell us what's been happening in Benny's world. Benny's world is doing uh, very well right now. Of course, we have Easter coming up, so some mm -hmm. family plans kind of being pushed all around, you know. Last week, though, uh, we did a, a nice little bike ride, as a matter of fact, here in the Washington mm. State area because it has been so beautiful uh, these last few days for spring. So we actually got out. And I know you can sense the, the positiveness coming back out of people's yes. homes. You know, everyone needs yes. their, they need their vitamin D. Yes, people are coming back to life. The like blossoming blossoms are coming out. There's right. signs of life again. This is when all the Pacific Northwesterners oh. get their hope back. It's gonna be okay. Right? They're like, oh, yes, long like yes. I love it. I now, are your people? Are your kids still young enough? Did you ever do the Easter Bunny thing? So uh, we did, and uh, we still kind of do. They're on the bubble on, like, mm, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe not. So we're kind of letting them manage their conversation piece around it. Uh, yeah. And I'm adding Sunny back into our meeting right now here. Great. To everybody, just to let you know, we're doing some technical stuff. So I think she's yes. clicking in and, and doing her thing. So, <laughs> yep, there she is. We can hear <laughs> her. She there is. we go. This is live, everybody. Okay, this is what happens. I'm going to mute. I'm going to mute myself for just a second while I get a headset, okay? Okay. Okay. <laughs> just like, it's a good train wreck. Yes, it is. It's the most beautiful train wreck. Totally right. I love it. So I remember, though, uh, that I've continued in the tradition when my boys were young to um, put, I guess, notifications around the house that the Easter Bunny was officially there. I don't know if you've done this or I was taught. Mm. 
to do little bunny tracks all over the house. Have you ever done that before? Oh, no. Like like to make it look like little paw prints all yes. over? Yes. Oh. So if anyone's listening, but you can oh, that you know, is magical. tell their kids to go out of the room. This is what you do. Yeah. You get a little thing of flour and then you dip <gasps> your fingers in it and you do it on the areas of like carpet and everywhere where it would definitely be picked up on. And then yeah. not on like the hardwood floors because some, okay. some, so you know what I mean? So like they appear and then they disappear and then you see the little tracks appear again and then there's, there, it'll be like leading you to an egg or a gift or something. That oh. is what sold it. Benny, I want you to come to my house and uh, put bunny prints around my house so I can wake up to this. I'll this probably like spell amazing. your name. <laughs> or yeah. the Easter Bunny would spell your name, not me. Wait, what are you talking about? Not me. It's the Easter Bunny. Definitely. Totally, totally right. Yeah. I love that freaking bunny. I, I wish that there was, I wish it still visited me, you know? Well, maybe yes. they still can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he hasn't come around for a while. I'll just say that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm here with a headset. Sonny's back. back. Welcome, Sonny. So we just did um, Benny's check-in and was asking him. He's got some Easter plans, and you're back. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, so we'll see if this is better. I trust, you know, Alessandra, since you have been on the road for a while now Mm -hmm. and have figured out all of the technological ways to accommodate travel, I guess using the Zoom app on the phone is a little bit perhaps better than the using internet is that, is that it's a sh- it's a shortcut sometimes when your internet is failing you and you've got yes. you've got um you, you when your phone service is better than your internet then you hop on the phone and do it that way okay well we'll see if yep. this works i appreciate it. i'm going to be calling you for many more tips okay so <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i have a big toolkit of backup yeah at this point <laughs> okay well so you all got easter covered and i know we've got some big updates on the show today and it's so funny i feel like since last time we spoke on first friday and today i mean not only have there been big developments but you and i have quite literally switched places in the sense that we are now Mm -hmm. on the road and maybe that should be our big update that you are no longer on the road (laughs) why is that (laughs) well I I will say that the adventure continues but there is a home base being carved out so that Mm -hmm. the adventure can continue from home base so um I have I just totally, I've been staying in the Tampa Bay area in Florida after my journey across the country and um, leaving Washington in June. And so with only a week planned. And so now, what is it, nine months later, um, I have just been loving it so much in um, on the Gulf of Mexico here. And it's really captured my heart. So I just felt very guided to start having conversations about buying a home out here as somewhere that I could, um, you know, just kind of have a home base and return to for good chunks of the year and takes it, take adventures from. And I really didn't think it was, um, in the cards for me, actually, I have, um, you know, I've got some student loans from various college degrees and all of that and self-employed and, um, but it seemed like all of the right people, um, just sort of lined up to help with this process just kind of came out on their own. And I just, I handed it all over, you know, just kept praying to, 
to the divine just to show me next steps, show me next signs um, if I am intended to be here. And it was like the perfect real estate agent showed up and then another perfect real estate agent to team up with that agent and the perfect mortgage broker to, showed up and this whole team just showed up. And then this house showed up and I fell in love with the house and knew with pretty with big immediacy that this is it. I want to put an offer on this house and it's really competitive here. I didn't think it, it would be accepted and it was accepted. And so I am right in the throes of buying my first home. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, what's so funny to me is usually when Yay! someone... <laughs> usually when you, you when you were like okay I want to be in this area like my mo has always been let's rent for a little while and then yes. decide exactly and you just jumped into the deep end of the pool <laughs> so to speak and but the thing that I loved about this one of the well there's so many things that I love but um about the story but that this is things are pretty hot right now if if you are in trying to buy a house. And so I know, that, as mm -hmm. you said, there were multiple offers on the home. There were multiple cash offers on yes. this home. And you, of course, as you mentioned, were getting financing. Can you share just because I think this is how this stuff works. Like, how is it that they selected you versus one of the cash buyers? <laughs> yeah. So it was really amazing too, because I, I'll say, I mean, I'm similar. I'm like, you got to stay in a place for a year before you can decide and all of that. <laughs> and I mean, and I've always been a renter. So I just thought I'm going to be open to however this can look. And so um, I had made a list of specific things that I was really looking for and wanted. And, um, you know, this house had then appeared within um, maybe 24 hours of me really getting clear on that list. And so when I put in my offer, the real estate agent that I've been working with, who was the magical being who... Um, was the connection point to get me into this rental that I'm in right now. Right. Um, he then passed along my website and some information to the, um, the sellers. And they really just, they had all these cash offers, but they fell in love with this woman, me, who just had this Florida dream and was loving Florida and was in business for myself and helping others and wanted to be connected and in the community. And so they thought like, yes, we could make this simple and have these cash offers from people who will use this as an investment, but they really wanted somebody who will love their home. And so they were interested in me. And I asked, you know, about a week after they accepted my offer, if I might be able to meet them because I just felt such a, like, um, just a neat energetic connection to them. And I think a lot of people when they're in real estate, you know, you're just kind of everybody's angling for, to save money, to get the most money. And so you kind of keep those parties separate. And so I just asked, could I meet them? I just want to know these people who loved this home. I can tell that it was so loved and they, they agreed to meet me. And, you know, when I came by, they said, we were, we're so excited to meet you. We were really hoping you'd come by. We were really hoping to meet you. Ah. And, um, and the seller said, you know, this, this house is like a cat. It picks its own owners. And so it oh. picked you and how beautiful, you know? And I thought, oh my, what a magical thing. 
to say. <laughs> and I mean, I'm telling you, if you had told me a year ago, Alessandra, you will be buying a house in Florida in a year from now, I would be like, that you are no that it will never happen i'm sorry you are you know you're talking wildly but it just it has felt like breadcrumb breadcrumb after breadcrumb has been placed along this journey and i've really just followed spirit and followed how i've felt at every turn and um and just just this whole journey has been one big trust fall and so going up for a house felt like a trust fall as well. Um, and there were many times I wanted to say, no, 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 never mind, never mind. But instead I just kept praying, you know, like one day I thought, oh, they're going to reject me. So I, I need to tell them I'm just not interested, you know? Um, and so I just, but I just kept praying. Like I kept getting this voice, just, just saying like, just take the next step, take the next step. Right. And, and I just kept praying, you know, if this isn't intended for me, please block me, make it clear that I'm not supposed to be here. And it just felt like door after door after door has continued to open. And still I'm, I'm in this little bit of a, you know, holding pattern until the closing date and, and, you know, worst case scenarios are running through my mind, but I, I've handed this whole thing over to divine and just majorly, majorly trusting. And I think have been so at a point where I was so ready in my life to, to experience, um, buying something, uh, buying a home that, um, it was an experience that I really wanted. And so I'm, I'm really excited to be in these steps. So in a way, although it, it is some planting down, it very much feels like adventure for me. Like this is the adventure of home ownership, which I've never done before. <laughs> oh, I just love it. And it reminds me so much of, um, there is a story in Tosha Silver's book, Outrageous Openness. And um, she's talking about, I don't know if you ever used to play this silly game. And I think we've, I, I've probably mentioned this on the show before, but it feels like it's been a while. So apologies mm -hmm. if this is repetitive, but anyway, that there was this funny game that we used to play, you know, when you're like a teenager and you're all silly about stuff. And, um, it's like, you would say something like we're going to McDonald's and you'd add in bed to, yes. to the end of every sentence, you know, <laughs> let's watch a movie in bed. Yeah. And so she has, she tells the story about how, you know, with that phrase running through her mind, except her phrase that she adds to the end of every sentence is without God. So mm -hmm. it's impossible to get a house if you're not a cash buyer mm -hmm. without God. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to find anything right now because of the market without God. And it's like, mm -hmm. when you bring in the divine to what you're doing, it doesn't matter if they were, you know, 50 cash offers, they want the, the house picked you, the buyers, uh, this, uh, sorry, the sellers picked you. Yeah. It's just you, it, it, instead of, I just hear people talking about this all the time. Um, particularly like when we were going to sell our house in Seattle and they were like, you can't sell your house during the pandemic. That's ridiculous. What yes. are you nervous? I'm like, no, this is when the divine is involved. It doesn't matter what's going on. If the market is wonky, if there's a pandemic, if there's yeah. whatever it's, if something is supposed to happen, it's going to happen. And so why get yourself all worked up about it and, 
give yourself all the reasons why it's not going to work. Who told you that, fact, Sonny? Let him out. Let me at him. Let me at him. That's not right. Let me at him. They told me I couldn't date during COVID. And look what happened. Look at there you. you okay. Go, okay. Thank you. Okay. Who's dating during COVID? Yeah, You're right. Me. COVID. You're welcome. <laughs> we actually we gave Benny our Hulu password. No, you didn't. So no, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No. <laughs> no, I read an article. I read an article that said that the platforms actually, many of them, unless they tell you otherwise, intend for those passwords to be shared. And so I didn't feel morally wrong about it anymore after that. So I didn't mind Benny of our like our yeah. you know, you're in our bubble as far Aww. as our streaming platform, Benny. Oh good. Heartfelt. <laughs> Oh, but yes, it just, um, Alessandra, I just love every part of the story. I it just is like, has been this beautiful, um, yeah. I want to say like yellow brick road from Bellingham to Gulfport, Florida. And I know we talked on the show about the times when things, you know, your moment in Reno, when things were uh, like, it just felt like everything was falling apart. And there have been many moments like that, mm -hmm. but I just, now I look at you and I have to say, when we kind of shift and I give some of my updates, like I am so envious of the trust muscle you have accumulated over the past year, because I feel like I'm about to go through like with the ring of fire, as far as that is yes. concerned. I'm like, Oh my God. If I'm like, as I said before, you know, I talk a big game about this, but I haven't actually lived it in a while. And this is now it's going to be my turn. Yes. Yes. It is going to be your turn. And I think you're going to do it beautifully. You know, I really do learn to trust and knowing that yeah. everything is going to work out. Um, and you also, I just, I feel like we can't go without mentioning you have, you have a new friend in your life um, that begins with the letter M. That a manatee? <laughs> the old M. Oh, I was so excited for a minute. Like, what? A new friend in my you, life. You know where I'm going with, I mean. <laughs> yes. um, <Do> you <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh i was like who is this I you know me i'm considering it a friend as if it's <laughs> me and benny are both trying to guess i was like is it a manatee i do have manatee friends here yes. for sure yeah <laughs> okay yes so but yes. no when we last left off <laughs> Oh, yes. When we last left off of the show, I was um, talking about letting go of my car, the Mazda that I had at the time, and, um, and uh -huh. that it had held all of these emotions and stories and stories about my former partner and um, all of these things. And so then I was talking about, okay, I think I've got an offer. And, and at the end of the show, I was taking it in to see if this other place could give me a greater offer, right? <laughs> because it's like one of those same things, like can't date in COVID, mm -hmm. can't sell your house in COVID, can't buy your house in COVID, certainly shouldn't sell your car on a road trip, right? And so <laughs> I sold my car while on a road trip and I got, I did end up getting that better offer and it went, um, it went so absolutely smooth. And so then I, you know, people were asking me like, well, you're going to trade it in. And I just thought, I just, I just need this a little bit of a like free fall here just for a second. And so I had for a while wanted a little Mercedes, 
Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it always felt out of my reach. And my former partner had a lot of very strong opinions about um, certain types of cars and things like that, and and really wasn't interested in that vehicle, and so didn't support it. And um, and but I've always I've just always loved them. I love their lines. I love the accents. Mm -hmm. I love everything. And so I started looking like, oh, you know, because I didn't want any more car debt, you know, and I wanted to. Um, pay off what I owed from the Mazda. And I thought, could I get just like a little bit of an older Mercedes? Would that be available to me? And I started looking into it, got really clear on, oh man, wouldn't this be nice, you know, to mm-hmm. have this, um, you know, beautiful sunroof, have um, dark exterior and light interior and all of this sunlight and all of this stuff. And so this little Mercedes showed up, um, uh, nearby at this dealership. And I, and the person that I interacted with around it, I said, you know, could I come check it out? And of course I'm pretty reserved, um, when I'm kind of meeting new people, especially like auto dealerships. And this person was just so nice. And again, I was, you know, just praying, like, if this is not intended for me, please block me. Right. But I, it was beautiful. It was only one owner had ever had it. It was serviced locally and you could see all of its service records. And so I went and drove it, met the person, fell in love with the car. Then the person who runs the car dealership happened. I know I have maybe two or three friends. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This part is so, this is where you're just like, you cannot make this up. This is stranger than fiction. No. So I'm driving this car that I'm like, Oh, I'm thinking to myself. Cause when, when things really show up that quickly, I get a little spooked. I'm like, Oh, (laughs) Oh no. What is that? Really? University? You know, really? And so I'm driving this car and I'm thinking, Oh God. Oh, this feels good. Okay. You know? And so I'm talking to this, um, this, you know, this person who's like running the dealership and I'm telling him, Oh, I'm just so in love with Florida. I love it so much here. And he said, well, if you want to buy something, you should talk to my friend. And he mentions this friend's name, who is the magical realtor who already had become my friend had connected me with this rental place with my new home. And we both of our brains just exploded in that moment. We were like, of all, cause I had no idea they knew one another, no clue at all. I'm in this brand new city. And so then I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so divine. So I've got this Mercedes. I start texting the real estate person like, okay, you trust this person selling this car, right? This is safe. And he said, I adore that person. They have been key in my life. They are amazing with my kids and my family. Oh yes. I trust them so much. (laughs) I am like, what is happening? And so then because I had this connection, he gave me this lower price point. And so I was able to pay for it, um, for way less than I owed the mod on the Mazda still. So I cleared out that debt, bought myself this new little car that had been so loved and so cared for that's older, but new to me. And so I've wanted a Mercedes since I was young. I used to want my name to be Mercedes when I was like about eight years old. And now she's sitting in my driveway. (laughs) Oh, that's a great story. I love it. 
Okay, wait. I just have to ask though, because I'm building a, a Mercedes. Like I'm, mm. I'm not building it. I'm like fixing up, <laughs> fixing up an older one. It's not my yes. like. It's not like my other project. But what's the model? Can I can I ask what oh the model God. is? Yes, the model is. Um, it's it's not super super vintage. So it's just a GLK. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. And it's so a little SUV, Aww. and it is the cutest, sweetest little thing. And I think Benny, you'd be so impressed. The interior is exquisite. My I feel girl. like the person just took such good mm -hmm. care of it, and it's just in such beautiful shape. And even when I mean, it's a 2010, <laughs> and when friends have gotten into it, they say, "I don't feel like I'm even clean enough to sit <laughs> in this car. It's so nice." <laughs> So it's wonderful. I'm really excited about it. Put you in a it. bag, so, wear gloves, no oils. Exactly, no oils. exactly. No oils. Don't get your hair oils on here. Oh my gosh. Yes. And uh, just a quick heads up, we did lose Sunny. She'll be back shortly. So it's going to be me and you okay. for a minute. So, um, Okay, great. No, I'm actually so we, looking up. Yeah, go ahead. You're building up a Mercedes. What year are you it's doing? It's a 93. It's an older, like, grandpa, you know, vintage 90, early yes. 90s. It's a 190E, so it's a smaller little sedan. It's kind of like the Honda Accord or Civic of the line of Mercedes that year. It's like an over-engineered car, basically. Yes. It's got everything that yes. the bigger Fleetwood, you know, Mercedes of that time frame had, and it's been shrunk down into a little guy, and they're like, why is all these items? But... It's it's needed some love the last couple of years uh, after being yeah. parked, and we're kind of just doing that. And I'm gonna bring Sunny back in here too. So yeah, she, she's coming from another number. Hopefully, this is her. I don't recognize yeah. it. <laughs> it's a mystery. It is. Let's see. Hopefully, it's Sunny. Are sunny. you back? I think so. I'm here. Yay! <laughs> I just the internet got so wonky and it kicked me off, and I thought I'm not even gonna try this again. This is it. It just makes me so nervous as I, I like. When you were talking about the car, I, you were going in and out, and I thought, okay, uh, I'm just going to call in. I know sure. it sounds probably a little fuzzier. Totally fine. And I know uh, um, Alessandra and I were bouncing back and forth because, you know, I have my little Mercedes project I picked up this summer. So we were talking about that, as yeah. well as my next question, super fast to you, Alessandra, have you named him or her yet? Your new rig. Yes. So her name is Mercy. Aw. Very appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Very appropriate. Yeah. And I I, I love it because Sunny always names her cars. And so well, it's why, been yeah. a while mm -hmm. since I felt really connected mm -hmm. to a car and wanted to name it. But I felt just connected to her right away and so proud that I was able to buy her and um yeah and so so i just named her like day one you know <laughs> yeah it's perfect yeah. my my boys named mine murky because murky. i shorten it up instead of mercy it's murky for the because i call it the merc 190 and so yes so we're on the murky. same page I love page. it Mur mm -hmm. murky and mercy yeah right <laughs> yes <laughs> Makes me think whenever you say mercy, it reminds me. I immediately jump to these Kanye West lyrics because Chase is a huge Kanye West fan. Right. I mean, I know you know whatever your thoughts are about Kanye personally, he is a very gifted artist. I do believe, and so he has this one lyric, and it's like Chicago mercy, 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 Alago, and I'm like every time oh. you say mercy, Kanye lyrics play in my mind. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So. So, Sunny, I know we're we're about um, you know partway through the show, and I you've got a big old check in, so I wanna <laughs> I wanna hear from you. Do you do we should we take a break or what do you need to do? 
oh, no, no, I feel like with all the technological difficulties, I'm fine without a break if you all are so that we don't miss any more time. Um, yes. Yeah, does that work? That work for Yes. Yes, okay. perfect. So we wanna, yeah. I want to hear from you. Tell us what's going on with you because your adventure has started. Uh, yeah, it has. It has in many ways. Um, so between last show and this show, I did hear back about Divinity School. And as most people who've been listening for a little while would know, I put all my eggs in one basket, my top choice bowl, which, you know, some people wouldn't recommend that. That's not what I did for law school, but because um, I cast in that really wide. But for Divinity School, I didn't, and that felt right at the time, and I don't regret it, but I did not get in this year. Um, and I say this year because I am definitely mm -hmm. going to reapply next year. I will also cast the net a little wider just to see. Um, so I will, I just, like the process of that happening, I wanted to kind of break it down a little bit because um, it was a good exercise in what to do with disappointment. Because I'm not going to lie, when the news came in, I, it stung bad. You know, I had put so much time and effort into that application. I gave it my all. So I, I guess in that sense, it's a good thing because I don't have any regrets about how I handled the process. Um, I, looking back on it, I, I've had a couple of people ask, oh my gosh, well, don't you feel like you should have applied to a few more schools so this wouldn't happen? And my answer to that, I did sit with it. And my answer is no, I don't regret having only applied to one school because I think I, in, in attempting to live a life in the present moment, I did what felt right in the moment. And when I would get on, um, it, of course, my top choice school was Harvard. And so whenever I would get on the Harvard site or all these informational seminars they would do to tell you about their program, it was just like a full body yes. Uh, my heart would open. I would often tear up multiple times during these, mm. you know, info sessions. I knew I felt so, so drawn to their program. It was just like when they, when um, I think it's uh, Sarah Lena who talks about following the energy and letting the light guide the way. That's a phrase that really resonates for me. That's exactly what I did. There was so much life force energy in that program. So I felt like that was the only place I wanted to go contrast that with when I would get on the websites for the other schools um, that had professors that I was really interested in, but the program was not the same. Like it would be more of a seminary situation, mm -hmm. which is a little too uh, seminary, just uh, my understanding of it, having gone through the process now, seminaries more geared toward helping um, train folks for ordination within the Christian faith or a, a faith-based tradition. Whereas divinity school is more open-ended. Um, for example, Harvard was really pluralistic. They represented over 30 faith traditions and other alternative spiritualities like core shamanism and things like that. So I, I am much more interested in more of the theological study part of it and really examining and comparing a lot of different faiths rather than being trained only to have a laser focus toward um, one ordination path. So anyway, when I would get on those other school websites, it just didn't feel alive. Mm -hmm. So I, I did what felt right in the moment. Um, and, but for the first couple of days, um, there was no spiritual bypassing on my part. Like I felt, I felt the feels, man. Um, mm. I was disappointed. I was very sad. And, and I had, I, you know, the other thing looking at it, I, I want to share a quote from Tosha Silver that I happened to come across pretty soon after I got that news. And this is with the backdrop of um, Tosha for 
for those who know her work, um, she's one of my favorite spiritual teachers out there today. Um, I had the honor of interviewing her at the end of, I think it was 2020, because her book, It's Not Your Money, came out. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my, I love all of her books, but that one is my favorite so far. Um, anywho, she was, uh, she did intuitive slash um, astrology readings for like 30 years. She did over 20 or 30,000 readings, I believe it was. She had this big desire to share the work that she now does on teaching how to live a life aligned with the divine by offering everything up to the divine. And she, when she talks about the divine, she's talking about the divine that is both in you and outside of you. She doesn't really distinguish between there's a God out there and you are just Mm -hmm. the human here. It's like the divine that is in you is the divine that is outside of you. So aligning with that and offering everything up instead of that more manifestation uh, mindset of I want this, this, and this in this order at this time. Right. It's more let's get on the divine's timing. So mm-hmm. <laughs> true, true to that word, she really wanted to get out of doing readings, and she said that she for five years. I think the phrase was something like walking on hot sands with scorpions nipping at your toes. Like that's <laughs> how badly she wanted to get out of that work and get into teaching what she now teaches: the living aligned with the divine surrender to the divine and offering, offering everything up. And, and that just didn't happen. And she said there is no better way for her to learn what she now teaches than to have it basically taken from her and where she just finally had to throw up her hands and say, okay, this work is not mine. This is yours. Like this is, this is love with a big capital L. This belongs to you. So if and when it's going to happen, let me just be the conduit for it. And that's, a desire that I have had for the past, you know, several years is I no longer make the list of I want this many clients and I want my business to look like this and I want my partner to be this and I want my house to be this, all those things. I just have basically like given as much as I can from a human perspective, given it all up and said, look, I know my soul knows what I need more than anybody else does. Let me be guided by that and just see what shows up. I have preferences, of course. But they're not mm-hmm. grasping desires that are un- that are non-negotiable, um, which is how I used to live. Um, so I found this quote from Tosha as I was going through the, the I would say, the five stages of grief. Um, and keep in mind that, that David Kessler, who is Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's protege, of course, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross was the one who did the five stages of grief. Her protege, David Kessler, added on a sixth one. Um, called making meaning. So uh, I'll just like, I want to like put a pin in that because there's a lot of meaning to be made of this. But anyway, I'm going through the five stages of grief with it, the, the anger, the denial, you know, finally accepted. And that this, um, Tosha wrote that in a sense, you could say you learn how to offer everything to the divine through disappointment and loss. True offering is a passionate and direct invitation for love with a capital L to take over and bring her own plan instead of the egos. I'm like, well, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm on the divine plan now because in my mind, my preference, and I would say I'm going to be real. I mean, I think anybody who's (laughs) heard my excitement about divinity school for the past six months or more knows my strong preference was to start divinity school in the fall of 2021 and Mm -hmm. that's not happening and so now I'm like whoa I didn't realize how 
tightly. I was holding that. Here I am like preaching all about live with an open fist and let it come and go and all the things. And I'm like, in my head, I'm starting divinity school in the fall. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it was in my head too, right? I mean, I had plans for you to start divinity school in the fall. So then I had my feelings about it and wanted to call someone up and be like, you tell me about this decision. I do not understand. And really had to coach myself and being like, this is all part of divine plan that there's something else for her. Cause I was mad. I had an agenda for you. <laughs> I think a lot of people did my parents included. And there were so many people in my life that were so supportive and we were all like betting on it. And I'm, I, my application, I know it was a strong application. Um, mm-hmm. but, I mean, I, I did my best on it, but it just clearly was not meant to be. And I'm saying this year, as I said, so I'll just, I, for, it took me about, just for anybody out there, um, and I just like to, I, this helped me and has helped me in the past when I'm going through disappointment or when things don't work out the way that you want them to. Um, and so I'll just explain a little about my process in hopes that it, it helps someone else out there. But for the first two to three days, I really let myself feel the shock of, you know, this plan I had in my head of our timing, you know, we were, we put in our notice at our rental in Petaluma, which again, it was time for that to happen anyway. Um, so we knew we would either be taking an Airstream adventure to the East coast or taking a big circle and coming back to Petaluma. Um, so it, it, it um, I still, you know, I was feeling all the feelings for those first three days. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, so shock in the timing being a little bit different and, and knowing that now we're, it's going to be the road trip to come back to Petaluma, all that kind of stuff. But after about three days, because your mind may want to try to make it mean things. Uh, my mind, I immediately went to, oh, they didn't like me. And I'm going through in my mm-hmm. head all the reasons they must have been laughing at my application and uh, not liking me because I, mm-hmm. I don't fit the Harvard mold at all. And so... Um, if you let your mind go there, oh, it absolutely will. You, your mind can make it mean any number of things. And mostly your mind is going to make it mean something bad. It's a survival protective mechanism that our brains just do. That is not truth. It just is what your brain is doing. So I started watching my thoughts and questioning them. And so, you know, I like to use Byron Katie's system of inquiry. So basically I would find better feeling thoughts. And so that also means reframing like the, this, well, and let me also say this would happen. That was really cool. The day that we found out that I didn't get in the stu- the sting was of course the strongest then. And we were, um, we were out and about in Petaluma and um, I got the news on my phone and I just immediately reached out to non-physical family, my guides, my team, like I, it's like my divine support team that I know is on the other side of the veil you know, including ancestors and star families and angels and ascended masters and all the other light beings, you know, that we all have on our team on the other side. And I just said, guys, I need some support today. And within about five minutes, I get out of the car and there is a white feather right outside of the door. And so there's Mm -hmm. my number one. Um, then later that day, we decided to go to our favorite little spot on the river and have a few beers and get some food. And it has been raining on and off all day. And as we're sitting there on the deck of this little, um, restaurant, 
uh, I hear some people say, oh my gosh, there's a rainbow. And I look up and there is a perfect rainbow that you can see from end to end going right over the river. And it was there long enough for me to take a short video of it and sit back down, and then it was gone. And I can't remember the last time we saw a rainbow in Petaluma, so that was pretty special. So there was, I took that as my number two sign. And then number three, it rained so hard while we ended up being at this restaurant. And, you know, because we're in California, everybody has their outdoor set up dialed in because we only got indoor dining back two weeks ago after mm-hmm. the full year <laughs> so anyway we're sitting outside it's been raining so 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 hard we go to get in the car and right outside my door is a perfectly fluffy dry white feather with all the little it's like the puffiest beautiful white mm-hmm. feather and I'm like there's number three so I thought I just encourage anyone out there to ask for the signs and have your eyes peeled. And whether or not those were just coincidences or signs, it lifted my heart where I could start to look at it a different way. Yes. Um, yeah. And so then the next thing, you know, several days later, I started to reframe it. And this, when I say reframe it, one of my questions is, why might this be perfect? Why might this me not getting into divinity school in 2021 be perfect? And one of the biggest reasons I came up with is because here I am wanting to go to divinity school to become a spiritual teacher, uh, do my own form of very non-traditional ministry, like help people spiritually, lead spiritually. Um, And I myself have not had a true experience of surrender and offering. Like this is a year for me. I take in a lot of information. I love to learn, but I don't know that information is wisdom and information is not experience. Mm -hmm. And I need to stop consuming information, I think. And I'm talking social media. I'm talking news, but I'm also talking all of the stuff that I am constantly trying to learn about spirituality versus, Mm -hmm. and I'll be really honest here. Like, I'm very interested in the truth of Jesus's teachings, the ones that involve Mary Magdalene, the ones that were suppressed by the early church. But the thing is, I am, I, and I, I do believe Jesus is an ascended master. I believe he was a human who walked the earth, and I do believe he is an ascended master now on the other side of the veil. And a really cool one, too. But the thing is, I haven't had a relationship with him in, I can't tell you how long, because the Jesus that was presented to me did not align with the, the, the truth of what I felt internally spiritually about mm-hmm. God and who Jesus might be. So I just kind of rejected, I, I didn't, I like pushed him away and did not ever try to connect mystically or intuitively or any of the things that I do with other light beings. Mm-hmm. So I thought this year is like my year to experience and actually create a relationship with some of these light beings that I hope to teach their work. But my gosh, how can I, what right do I have to do that without actually tuning in and feeling into this? So this is going to be perfect because it is a year of us with no roots um, wandering the United States and me just getting (laughs) to experience versus consume information. If that makes sense. Yes. I mean, I love it. And I do feel like, um, that this look, seeing it as this opportunity to still, to, to get an even, even greater spiritual education, I think is a really, 
it's, it's an incredible reframe because I even think about you kind of holding both, like you do, you read so much and know so much. And I know that even something like, you know, how we started off today where you said, I'm envious of your trust muscle. Right. And I think like, well, you (laughs) basically, you got what you asked for. Like (laughs) you've been looking at me building a trust muscle with spirit and, you know, and now it's like, here it is right. That spirit had other plans for you. And I, I do think that, um, that it, it makes life just more interesting this way, right? Because we can look at rejection and we can be mad and we can shake our fists at the sky and we could say, <laughs> I should have been there. You know, I should, <laughs> I should go there. Right. And it's like, but we don't actually know what is what is in the best interest of our soul, what it is that we're needing to learn and grow at any moment. And so I, I love this, um, this thinking of it in this way, this year of just really, it's like your practicum year yes. of yes. spiritual teaching. It adds though, it's such a perfect way to put it, Alessandra. And that's exactly, that's exactly what I feel like this year is going to be. Um, I'm really getting to um, uh, experience it in real life instead of just talk about it. And the thing is, yeah. you know, in my mind, I had justified this Airstream adventure because it was in service of a practical, functional move to the East mm-hmm. Coast, assuming that I had gotten in. Now that it's not, I actually have to sit with and, and be okay with it just being an open-ended sabbatical. Um, if I am going to step down my hours back in terms of the coaching work significantly, because um, I've had my shingle out for um, about six or seven years now, and I really am feeling the need for a break to kind of go within. And so, of course, I'll keep doing the show, and I've got my little soul digger group that um, meets weekly, and I will, of course, keep seeing, you know, the clients that I have, or we'll just see how Mm -hmm. that goes, but my hours are going to be different. So here we are, and I'm like, this doesn't make sense financially. It does not make sense practically. (laughs) It does not make sense logistically. Like none of the human, the things that your brain goes, what are you doing? doesn't make sense in any of those realms. And so I think all the better that we are doing it, uh, it's going to challenge me to really surrender. Um, and so I'll say just to kind of summarize, kind of one more, um, actually two more things that I want to mention for anyone out there who is um, dealing with their own disappointment. So first I felt it, please don't bypass that step. It is really necessary to, uh, notice and name exactly what you're feeling and allow those feelings to be there as uncomfortable as they are without numbing or buffering as much as possible. Um, okay. So after feeling it, then, um, ask for those signs and the support from whatever, whether that's just your friends and earthly form, or you actually believe, you know, you are, you've got your guides and your team out there ask for the signs and the support and the people to show up and they will. Um, and then all the reasons then come up with all the reasons this could be perfect. And that may be hard. It may be notice if it's really difficult, that just shows you how focused and um, what's the word grippy your mind was about the particular outcome. Um, so give yourself at least three or four, maybe even five or six or more reasons that it could be perfect. And then another thing that I like to do is write the success story from this low point. 
like how much cooler is it going to be? Let's say, let's say I do reapply. I mean, I am planning to reapply, but let's say after the reapplication process, I get in. Let's say after that application process and I get in, I end up at a different school than I had originally planned for, which is where I meet the mentor of my life, which is how I end up getting to start a non-traditional ministry somewhere. You just don't know. So I'm writing a success story of this moment when we look back and I go, you know what? I didn't get into divinity school the first time I applied. And that ended up being an amazing thing. This is why it was so cool. Um, I think about, you know, Susan Hyatt has been a teacher of yours and a, uh, mm-hmm. a teacher of mine during life coach training. Um, and I remember when she first had her idea for her book, Bear, which ended up being a, a really big success for a book. Um, she shopped it around to a number of different agents and had, I, you know, she had her stuff together. It just, when she shopped it around, nobody wanted it. She couldn't get an agent. She couldn't get a publisher. And so she, I remember she did a tearful Facebook live. And I thought, I loved that she was sharing that. Fast forward to now. And she ended up finding this agent that was perfect for her, ended up finding the, the publisher that was right for her and ended up having this beautiful nationwide release and now it's in multiple languages and it just but looking back on her story that makes it even more the success makes it even more sweet to me knowing that she had that initial disappointment that then turned into a big success and we can all come up with all the stories of the folks like jk rowling or Stephen King, who used to keep his rejection slips on a, he had to use a railroad tie at one point because <laughs> there were so many rejections, a nail was not big enough. So that makes the success to me even more sweet. So write your own success story from this low point, wherever you are and how cool it is. And then finally, I'll just say back off to the, you know, we've got mouse view, which is the little human self and the ego all down here focused on, oh, I want this, I want that. And this is what's just immediately before me. And I can't see anything farther than that. Back off to Eagle View, where you can see the full landscape and miles ahead of you and just think, looking at this from all the way up here, how can I see, look at all these dots below me. I may not be able to connect them yet, but I know there are all these dots, and I know that they will connect at some point in the future. This will make sense. And so I love to just put a bow on this. Look at it, but it's at, I look at it as a timing issue. There is some timing that I don't understand um, that's not known to me, and maybe it never will be. I, maybe I won't know in this lifetime why, but um, I have renewed commitment and vigor about wanting to go to divinity school. Like my, um, God, I can't find my word that I really want here <laughs> to describe this, but um, I am, I am still so excited about this possibility. But now I've got a year in between where Chase and I are going to be um, on the road with our PDs and. Uh, will maybe be passing through your town. <laughs> yes. I love it so much. Well, and I love these, I love that you've broken it down into these steps because I do think it's really important um, to be thinking about like the, you know, when these kinds of things happen, it's okay that it doesn't feel great, right? These disappointments yeah. happen and it's okay that people are in the struggle. I think that there is sometimes we're a little bit um, quick to move, to try to move through that, to feel better right away. But I think it's like, 
you know, really being conscious of that first step that you're mentioning of like, let yourself feel those feelings, right? It doesn't, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel good and that's okay. And you don't know all the pieces yet, but then I, I love, um, I always, I love that question of the reason why it's perfect. And, you know, and then our brains can get kind of, uh, sometimes it's hard to imagine why something that is so painful or so rejecting or whatever it is, or so disappointing is mm-hmm. actually perfect. But I think it's a really beautiful exercise, you know, um, and a good reminder for me too, to, um, as I'm working through, you know, my own disappointments and things happening. So I love that you shared that. Yeah. So that's where we are. And we, um, I will say, we are, it's been quite an adjustment with the kitties. As I mentioned the last time, like we have two very nervous kitties as kitties go compared with the cat and the dog that we had the last time we were on the road. <laughs> so these, I worked with one of my favorite animal behaviorists slash communicators and, and we were, she nailed it. Like one of the kitties is just the action. Jackson is, I think, kind of seeing this as an adventure. Now, Lil Misty, she was a feral kitty in Seattle. So you can imagine, put a feral cat into an Airstream. I'm not going to say it's been so smooth sailing already, but we're going to, we are, we are just asking for all the divine assistance in the world as we set off on the road. and uh, I like yeah, it, Sunny, so- how you're laughing and they're looking at you like, she's laughing at us. Can you believe that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you trek us across the country, you're starting, like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If you could see. Well, now they're actually, both of them, we finally have gotten good sleeping arrangements oh, for that's them. Good. And let me just tell you, trying to hide two litter boxes in a 25-foot Airstream, mm. like, we've gotten creative about how the setup <laughs> is going right now. Nice. So, anyway... <laughs> It's impressive. It's impressive. (laughs) Yeah. So we will see. Um, I'm sure there will be some bumps, but I guess, yeah, we got like about a minute left. Is there anything we didn't, anything we didn't touch on today? Anything before we wrap up for the day? Mm, Well, I no. I mean, I just, I'm excited for your adventure and all of the ways that it, um, it ends up going for you and getting to hear more for that, you know, about that, because I just think that spirit does just have such a beautiful divine plan for you. And I'm so excited to find out because I thought I knew what it was, but I'm like, (laughs) Oh, I feel okay. Now I'm intrigued, you know, what's going to happen. So (laughs) um, exactly how I felt looking at yours last year. Where's she going next? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And And I just, and you just never know, right. I could have never guessed that this is where I would land. And so I will be very curious where you end up going. Hey, you and me both. Um, So Mm -hmm. now you have quite literally landed and planted your flag and we are taking off for the road. So we're switching places. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much uh, for listening. You've been listening to Sunny in Seattle. Um, I am Sunny Joy, one of your co-hosts and it's first Friday. So I have my fabulous co-host, Dr. Alessandra Duke. And with Denny on the board in Seattle and Jeff in Petaluma, thanks everybody for listening and uh, see you next week. Bye. Bye.